Boom, shake the room, Fire Nation. JLD here with an audio masterclass on how to buy, grow, and sell a franchise. And to drop these value bombs, I have brought Eric Van Horn, who is an entrepreneur who uses franchising as a vehicle to success. He's been involved in many aspects of franchising, from building franchise sales systems and multi-brand ownership to helping others find great franchises to buy. And today we'll be talking about the five most important things to look for in a franchisor, the three most common mistakes a franchisee makes, the best way to scale, when should you think about selling, and how do you actually prepare for a sale when you want to sell, and so much more when we get back from thanking our sponsors. Growing businesses need qualified candidates, and qualified candidates can be a challenge to find. Lucky for us, Zip Recruiter makes it simple, fast, and smart. And right now, you can try Zip Recruiter for free at ziprecruiter.com/fire. That's ziprecruiter.com/fire. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Ready to build your first sales funnel without having to hire an entire tech team to help? With ClickFunnels, you can. Visit eofire.com slash click to start your free 14-day trial today. That's eofire.com slash click. Eric, say what's up to Fire Nation and share something interesting about yourself that most people don't know. What's up, Fire Nation? So happy to be on today. Gosh, there's a lot of things that people don't know about me. But um, one thing is uh, I, I love to help people. And when I was in college, I took time off to go to Albania when there was like a, a war going oh, on wow. over there. And um, and I just spent time it, it, helping people and seeing um, humanity at its best and humanity at its worst. Mm. And so um, I'll, that's something that is forever imprinted in my mind and my heart. Well, kudos to you, brother. I mean, having been an officer in the U.S. Army for eight years and spent spending 13 months in a war environment, I'm not going anywhere near a war without my tank. So I'm sure you did not have a tank because <laughs> you probably weren't trained on running a tank. But uh, man, that uh, that's definitely an intense environment. So kudos to you. And Fire Nation, as we shared, we're going to be talking all today about how you can buy, grow, and sell a franchise. And Eric's been doing this for a long time. This is not his first rodeo. He's been on Entrepreneurs on Fire before. In fact, he's been a sponsor of the podcast. So there's a lot of great things that he has going on. He was filming me in on some really cool things he has mastermind-wise and speaking engagement-wise. So he's really continued to keep up the heat over the years. And let's just dive right in because I think a lot of questions that I know Fire Nation would be asking in this topic would be, should we buy a franchise for the business or the desired outcome? Yeah, 100%. And this is going to be good for anybody that whether it's an online business, which a lot of my friends are in the online space, or it's brick and mortar, franchise or not franchise. It's like, what do you really want out of the business? And you need to be really honest with yourself. And I see there's three different um three different things that people really buy businesses for. And it depends kind of on what stage you are in your life and really what you want that business to provide for you. The last thing that I think most people at the end of the day really care about the business is having a passion for the business or product. Not that they want to hate the business, but that is not the number one thing. Sometimes people do want to have that extreme passion for whatever it is. And whether it's an ice cream shop or a bakery, or maybe it's a spa, 
But a lot of times what people end up finding as as they dive into it and ask themselves why they want to get into business and why, the, you know, why, why, why a number of times, they realize, you know, they're really buying a job with that. And is that really what they want? So, John, what I see is there's two main reasons people ultimately get into businesses with a bunch of side benefits, right? And so one is cash flow. A lot of people want cash flow and that's like income and that's being, you know, that's a good thing. And I've had franchises that are like that, you know, the salon business that I was in, Solo Salon Studios, which we had a 10 figure exit this last year. And so that was, that was a nice one, but it was really a cash flow play. There's some exits, exits at the end. Um, But with cash flow, what people mostly want is a reoccurring revenue model. And what a reoccurring revenue model does for most people, it's that predictable lifestyle that you can that you can have because that money comes in month after month after month. And you talk about it a lot, having that freedom and that flexibility and that autonomy. There's one more piece of that too. So it, it's either cash flow or it's equity. And equity is real, where people build real wealth. And there's, when you think about, um, and you can have both, right? Um, you want that cash flow, but then like what I want to do is build big equity, massive equity in different brands. And you need to be thinking real long-term with that. And I was just with Magic Johnson yesterday. I've actually been with him twice in the past couple of weeks. And I got to ask him a question. He's a big believer in don't just buy something just for the immediate cash flow or the immediate gratification because long-term wealth, I think generations for your family is in, is in an equity play. So that, and that might be a large life-changing event at some point. I have friends that have done that. I have not experienced that life-changing completely massive amount of uh, equity liquidation event yet. So Fire Nation, a lot of people are buying franchises because they see the sale down the road and they're kind of like just looking far ahead. But the reality is you've got to have some passion there. Like this is going to be your life. So if you're going to do this, do it right and go down the road that you're going to enjoy, not just for that finish line that by the way, may or may not ever even come. So that's why you should be enjoying the journey along the way. And I love how you broke down those two things, cash flow and equity, Fire Nation cash flow, those reliable streams of income month over month. I mean, man, that's how you can really run a successful business. And by the way, live a successful life. I mean, pay your mortgage, push your kids in school, do the things you need to do to put food on the table, et cetera, et cetera. But then of course, equity, this is where the real wealth can come. This is where the legacy can come. I mean, Magic Johnson's thinking equity, thinking growth, thinking thinking long-term legacy. So if that's where your heart and soul is, that's something you want to think about as well. And of course, as Eric mentioned, you can have both equity and cash flow. So I mean, you can find those opportunities where that does exist. And now, Eric, one thing I kind of want to dive into is for franchisors. So that's people that own franchises. Like what are the five most important things to look for in that franchisor? Yeah. So whenever you are buying into a franchise, you are the franchisee. And like you said, you're buying into the franchisor. And I've purchased seven different uh, franchises as, as a franchisee, different brands in different states and and over the last uh, almost 20 years. And so I've been able to see a lot of the inside of what really uh, 
I want in the next franchise that I buy. And I learn it at each one, right? And I, I did my first one just kind of blind and it was good. And then I just learned along the way. So I have five things that, that I've discovered personally for myself. And one of those is industry experience. I want that franchisor, somebody at that corporate office or the founder to have a depth of industry experience and whatever it is. I've been in the tax business, in the beauty industry and in the fitness industry. And I always appreciate depth of the industry experience of whatever it is. But if the franchisor just has industry experience, I think there's a weakness there. And I've seen it. And they don't understand franchising. They're really good at their one or two or 10 or 12 locations, but they've never had the experience of supporting and growing a brand. And you go from the franchisor goes from being a mom and pop that may be incredibly successful, but when they are supporting franchisees, it's a different game. It's a different business. And so the best founders, what they do is bring in people with franchise experience, people that have managed franchisees, that have helped franchisees come in and grow and help them collaborate. So I like to look at franchisors, no matter if they're young or they're old franchisors that have both industry and franchising experience in uh, key management positions within the organization. Something else that I see a lot of people that are initially getting into franchises, they uh, overlook this and it's culture. And you don't, doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal until you're in an organization with a bad culture. And, and it may not be a bad culture to somebody, but it might be a bad culture to you. If it's a high sales type culture, or if it's a really family type environment, or, you know, it's a really gritty culture. It just depends on what you want and what you're looking at at that time. And at different times in my career in franchising, I've wanted different types of cultures. One time I wanted a brand that had a real family oriented culture. Everybody knew everybody. And there's other times where I want to be a part of this rocket ship brand that is just growing and they don't have that family structure yet. They don't have that family culture because they're growing so fast. But if I'm wanting to grow incredibly fast with them, you know, I have to give up that, that other culture that I used to enjoy. But I think the most important thing in terms of the culture of the franchisor, they need to be franchise success focused instead of franchisor focused. And it's really easy for franchisors to think that their franchisees are in business to make them as a franchisor successful mm. to achieve the franchisor's dreams of a big equity exit or something like that. The best franchisors are franchisee focused and they are there to help support the franchisee's dreams. So I think that's a really important thing, something that I look for. And it, honestly, it's not that common out there. And two other quick things. Um, I've seen a major weakness in a lot of franchises in their consumer sales focus or the consumer marketing process. They are good at selling franchises. They might be good at a lot of things, but they are not good at the consumer sales process. And they don't have simple steps on like a customer, a lead comes in. It's all stuff that you and I, you know, know just because of our background. Funnels, baby. But, you got to have the funnels. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like funnels is so common to us, but in the world of franchising, it's very uncommon. And so I've just seen that as a, as a major weakness and even some of the best brands out there. Uh, so anyway, just that, that's something that's really important. It's not, uh, you're not going to see a lot of that out there. And then you want a franchisor that's growing. You don't want a dying franchisor. And, and the reason is, is because if, if the franchisor is growing, 
then that means they are bringing in neighbors around you. And those neighbors around you are not competition, but they are either who you're going to sell to or who, who you're going to buy out. So you want, and, and that means there's more value in your actual franchise itself. If it's a growing brand, because there's movement, there's people buying and people selling. So I, I like to be a part of growing brands. So let me ask you a question on this point specifically. What's a good way to identify this? Because obviously the franchise is not going to be like, yeah, we're shrinking, like come see us, come find us. So how can we like independently and in a really meaningful way, like learn that information? So there's, you can look in their disclosure document, this big, you know, disclosure document of hundreds of pages and they have to disclose some of that. But even then they might be spinning some of those numbers. You know, you, there's a, there's ways. Yeah. Like we're consolidating for future opportunities. I mean, all that BS. Exactly. So the, you just, you can listen to the franchise or make your own assumptions, but this is what you do with those assumptions. You go to the franchisees and you, you, you know, let's say the franchise or thinks they're growing by, you know, a hundred franchise units a year and they're, and they're just, you know, growing really fast. You want to make sure that those units are getting open for one thing. They're not just selling, but they are getting opened. So you go to the franchisees and say, you know, what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing, what I'm being told is this is a fast growing brand and they're selling a lot of franchises, but they're also opening up. Are you experiencing that in your market? What has your experience been? And so uh, you go to the franchisees for the real information and you're going to get a, a, a smorgasbord of answers, right? Because the, the poor performers are going to give you the, the doom and gloom. The high performers are going to give you, you know, everything's perfect. And the truth is somewhere in the middle because it, the X factor is you as a franchisee. But the franchisees are where you go get that information. I mean, Fire Nation, if you're not willing to put in the detective work and actually go out into what's probably going to be the biggest decision focus of your life for the foreseeable future. If you go down that path, then you shouldn't even start down that path in the first place. So be willing to put in that footwork. So Eric, you went through the most important things to look for in a franchisor in Fire Nation. Let's just kind of go through these things really quickly. The industry experience is so key. They need to actually have experience in that specific industry. Culture, you want the franchise success to have really focused, good culture. So make sure that you are really wading in there and make sure that's a reality. Growing, you want them to actually be growing as a company. So you got to get out, do that actual footwork to make sure that happens. Talk to franchisees, see what's happening in the neighborhoods, and then be good at the consumer sales process. Like these are the funnels we talk about all the time on the show. Are this is this franchisor good at this process? It's key if they're going to absolutely maximize your success at the end of the day. Now, Eric, you may or may not want to share this on air, so just say no if you don't want to, but is there are there any franchises that you really think people should just stay away from based on your studies, your experience? Are there any bad cookies out there? Yeah, that's a loaded question, right? Let Big me time. do my best to answer that because I love to give people value. I, you know, in, in the in the information, the content that I put out there online, I want people to have their their eyes wide open. So, I think the biggest, um, I'm not going to have specific brands, but I'll give some really good insight into that. There's, I love semi-absentee franchises, franchises that if you have a corporate job, you can run a franchise on the side, or if you have other businesses, you can run that franchise. There are a lot of franchisors that claim to be semi-absentee, meaning you can have a job, you can be traveling here and traveling there and still run the franchise, but not everybody's cut out for that. If you've had a business before, 
then you understand just how hiring and all the things that go into actually owning a business and making decisions. But if you haven't done that before, it may sound simple. It You can talk to franchisees and they tell you how easy it is and it might be easy for them, but don't underestimate you as a new business owner going into a new industry and now everything revolves around you and the decisions that you make. And I see people mess up there. They don't have, they don't have the capacity or the experience to have the success that some of these other ones are that have, they don't have the capacity to have success that some of these other franchisees have because they just don't have the experience. And so they're sold and then they hire the wrong people. And then it's just a downward spiral from there. And so when you are thinking about buying a semi-absentee franchise, talk to people that have had jobs like you and have the demand on their schedule like you and to make sure that you can do what they've done. They're out there, but they're few and far between. Fire Nation tried to get some dirt. Eric took the high road. That's just the guy that he is, but he did give you some great advice on things to look out for and stay away from. But let's talk about the three most common mistakes that you are seeing franchisees make when they're trying to grow their business, grow their brands. Number one, they try to grow too fast. Now, like I said, I've owned seven different brands and I, every time I get into a new brand, I approach it like I know nothing about it. And I know that I'm getting ready to go to school. I have an education coming ahead when I open up that first location, no matter what I've done in my past. So one, just be humble, be that, you know, that person that wants to learn and know that I'll, I know that I'll make mistakes. So know that you'll make mistakes. And so if you go in not trying to dominate the world, but you, let's say you have, you know, a development plan to open up three locations. Start out with location number one, get that open, learn as much as you can, make the mistakes, see what other people have made for mistakes. Once you get that one open, number two is going to be harder than number one because you have a, you're pulling some of your best people from your first location or your first one and you're diverting those resources over to your second one and you think that it would be easier, but it's actually harder. But number three is easier. And number three, four, five, six, seven, that's that's a cakewalk compared to the first two. So my advice to people is don't grow too fast, even though you get very tempted to do that just because of momentum and different things. But get that first one open up, learn as much as you can, and then go on to second, the second one and the third one. The other thing that I see people make, number two, is they don't take advantage of top performing franchisees. I'm in Vegas at a franchise convention and there's, you know, hundreds of franchisees here. Uh, We had a dinner with 25 of the top performers out of probably about a thousand franchisees. There's 25 of us that went into uh, one of the nice restaurants here and just wanted to learn from each other. And, and we created that ourselves. The franchisor didn't do that. We created that ourselves. And so we had a great dinner last night with some of the top performers and we learned from each other. So if you're not in the room with the top performers, do what you can do to get into that room because you're going to learn so much from them and they don't even have to be top performers. Learn from other franchisees that are just a little bit ahead of where you are. And we learn, you know, you and I know that because if I'm a millionaire, I'm not going to a multi-billionaire to go learn on how to, to uh, make more money. I'm learning from the, from the person that has a, you know, that is one step ahead of me, not a hundred steps ahead of me. So the same thing applies in franchising. Just find the people that are ahead of you and learn from them. Um, 
So I see that people just don't take advantage of the top performing franchisees. And number three, uh, and this goes into more of the operations, but you are the leader of the business. You are uh, leading your team, your employees. And if you don't paint the vision for your team and opportunities to grow, you're you're going to have turnover. You're always going to be hiring. And Magic Johnson was talking about that yesterday, just how he hires people and gives them this great work environment, but also paints the picture. So there's a, so there's a roadmap for the best to excel and to come into management and so on and so forth. And I've seen that in my own businesses where people came in as an employee and then now they're franchise owners themselves. Fire Nation, slow and steady growth wins the race. You know, be humble, be happy. Don't try to go out of control. Look around, learn from those around you, which kind of bleeds into number two, which is take advantage of the other top performing franchisees. I mean, I do the same thing when I go to conferences. I love getting together with the other top performing online marketers in my industry and just talk shop, have the, have a little gab about what's working, what's not, what we're excited about, et cetera. Things that come out of those conversations are incredible. And then team, Fire Nation, what kind of team are you creating? You have to create the team that's going to win for the long term. Turnover can truly kill productivity, efficiency, and just overall bottom line. And Fire Nation, we're going to take a break for a second, but when we get back, we're going to talk about the best ways to scale. We're going to talk about when you should think about selling and how do you actually prepare for that sale and so much more when we get back from thanking our sponsors. I don't consider myself a techie person, but when it comes to idea generation, I'm on fire. So when asked, are you ready to build your first sales funnel? I immediately thought I'd have to hire a tech team to help. Then I found ClickFunnels, and with ClickFunnels, the sky is the limit. ClickFunnels is a software tool that helps you create sales funnels that convert your visitors into leads and then customers. ClickFunnels was created so entrepreneurs like me and you who aren't programmers and who don't know how to code can easily build great looking pages inside of a sales funnel to grow our business online. And the great thing about ClickFunnels is that it's not just your funnel building editor. It's also your shopping cart, your email autoresponder, your membership software, your affiliate management software, and so much more. Join over 90,000 entrepreneurs who are actively using ClickFunnels to easily get their products and their message out to the world. Visit eofire.com slash click to start your free 14-day trial today. That's eofire.com slash click. There are a lot of challenges we face as entrepreneurs, like finding the right hires. Lucky for us and for Jesse Cole, Zip Recruiter makes hiring simple, fast, and smart. Jesse is the owner of the Savannah Bananas, a minor league baseball team. He was looking for a director of fun, someone to lead the Bananas fan experience, videography team, community outreach, and entertain a packed stadium. Jesse knew it wouldn't be easy to find that kind of talent. That's why he tried Zip Recruiter. Zip Recruiter's ability to send his job to over 100 job boards made his nationwide search fast, easy, and effective. Jesse says, as we continue to grow, for every hire, we'll go to ZipRecruiter. It was so unbelievably easy to use. And Jesse isn't alone. Four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, you too can find the perfect candidates by trying ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter com slash fire. Once again, ziprecruiter.com slash fire. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. So Eric, we're back and I was teasing a little bit before the break about what we're going to be chatting about for the rest of the show. 
let's dive into the best way to scale your franchise when you're ready. Of course, we talked about slow and steady growth, but at the same time, we want that growth. We do want to scale. How do we do it? So I have a few points around this. And one, you've got to hire A plus key employees, just the best of the best. And whether, however you get them, you need to get them. And that's what that I'm always thinking, like, how do I hire the best? When I'm around other people, I'm asking them, how do you hire? So I'm always knowing that I need to get the best people and you need to know what they need to be good at. And here's where a lot of people make a mistake. They think the manager needs to be the best at managing people. They might, in your organization, they may need to have this sales background, this ability to understand sales and to drive sales in addition to management, or maybe not. So you just need to hire those A-plus key employees. And And along with that, what I think of an A-plus employee is someone that has that owner mindset. They think and act and behave like an owner. And sometimes to get them or to keep them, you may need to give equity to them. And I learned that the hard way. I had someone where I had, I should have given him equity. I didn't. And it hurt overall. He's still a great friend and he's doing some fantastic things, but that's where I learned a lesson on giving equity. And I'm here um, today with different people in my organizations that have equity because of the because of what I learned the hard way. Here's something else. Go go in a different direction. When you buy a franchise, you have an opportunity most of the time to buy one or two or three areas where you can grow your brand. A lot of people want to start out really small. And they're like, I'm going to tiptoe into this thing and see if it works. Other people want to go too big. I think there's a sweet spot. So if it's a retail-based concept, I think if you can afford it, grab three territories or three areas to develop. And what that does is you can strategically place your first location Basic, when I say strategically, wherever the best deal is, right, in those three areas. But after that, you have your customer maps and you can see where your customers are coming from. You can strategically place location number two and location number three. And this also ties back to point number one. If you have a larger plan, a larger goal, a larger vision in mind, and you paint that picture for your team, now they have a place to grow into the business. And even if that doesn't happen, but if that's the plan, that is something that people want to be a part of. They want to be a part of something larger. And that goes into even the franchisor. Use that to your advantage. Paint the picture. I was Again, I was with uh, Magic last night or yesterday. And I had an opportunity to ask him a question. I didn't ask him a question because I wanted to be seen asking him a question, but I knew people got selfies with magic once they asked him a question. And I wasn't excited to get, I mean, I love magic. He's, He's amazing, but I didn't want a selfie with him. I was thinking, I want my team up here because they absolutely love him. So I'm always thinking about my team. And so as soon as he said, let's get a selfie, I said, hey, team, come on up. And then they were kicking people out of the place so they could get closer (laughs) to him in the picture. But it was great. But you got to be thinking of your team all the time. And and that's just, you know, you got to grow just growing that team. Uh, Do whatever you can because you are the CEO. You are the one and you need to empower them. And you have that one key employee empower them. Don't micromanage them. And if you do that, then you can, you know, that's how you can scale. Because if you are always 
micromanaging, if the business revolves around you, you're really not going to be able to scale. Fire Nation, hire A-plus employees. I mean, these are people that are representing your company. These are people that you're spending your life with. Go out of your way to hire slow, hire correct, find those A-plus employees. You'll never regret it. And Eric, when should somebody actually think about selling? And if they're ready to think about it, how do you prepare for a sale? You should be thinking about it when you're buying. You know, like, you know, I've purchased franchises in small markets and it's really not that easy to sell franchises in small markets. So you, if you want to have a goal of ultimately selling that, which most people do at some point, whether they realize it or not, go into a growing versus dying market. You want a strong market and you want franchisees around you or it being a market that's desirable for people to want to move to or want to have a business in. So that's number one. Um, when you're growing, you want that business to revolve less and less around you. I was talking to uh, Ryan Dice with Digital Marketer the other day and he talked about originally when he built that, it was all about about him. So he had to transition out of his role as just being the main figurehead. If their different businesses were going to have a greater multiple on a sale because it needed to be about the team that he had around him. So for me, I try to put key people in place. So it's not just about me. I'll go into some of my businesses and the employees don't even know me. Like they really don't even know me. I have people that are going to trainings, different places. And I just was talking to somebody at the corporate office of one of the franchises I own and like, oh, we met so-and-so. I'm like, who is so-and-so? Oh, that's your lead instructor. I'm like, that's fantastic because I didn't know that. But I have my people that are making decisions and doing and running the business for me. And if you do that, you can have a higher multiple on typically on a, on a sale when you exit that business. And so, and this goes back to the, you know, things that we've been talking all along. You think about the buyers and most of the time your buyers are going to be your neighboring franchisees. And so that's why picking the market is important. That's why having friendly relationships with your fellow franchisees are, is really important. Another thing that people overlook is employees. Your employees may be the buyer of your business, even if they don't have the money today, but they're a really good employee, they might have somebody that wants to invest in them. And I was just talking to somebody on my podcast about that. They had an employee that bought one of their large million plus dollar businesses because that employee had a friend that believed in them and they ended up buying this franchise. And so don't underestimate your employees. But then if you're going to private equity, if that is your type of buyer, you, and this is what I'm doing in Denver with one of my brands, I'm private equity is a likely buyer for this. And so I'm building it in a way where I'm scaling it fast and I'm putting all of my locations in a geographic area that somebody would want to come in and just grab all of it. And then it's not spread out in, you know, different markets here there. So I'm thinking private equity is a buyer for this particular franchise. And so that's why I'm, I'm focused on the growth like I am in the Denver market. So how do you prepare for a sale? Now I've sold, you know, six figure businesses to eight figure businesses and there are different types of buyers for each of them. So you just need to know who your buyer is and 
And um, as I am growing the brand, the franchise, I want to be aligned with the franchisor in their growth cycle. You know, if they are growing fast, if that's who they are, then I want to be growing fast with them. If they are about just bringing more revenue uh, into the actual locations and they're focused on revenue growth per location versus location growth, I want to be aligned with that because it's difficult when you're not aligned with the franchise or you're always kind of, you know, going against them, against the tide. And I don't like that. So I always want to be aligned where, where they are. And then I want to have just a pulse on the industry. And when I was in the tax business, my first franchise, I had a pulse of the industry. I knew changes were coming and it's not, I mean, everybody knew changes were coming, but they weren't looking at it the way that I was looking at it. And so I saw changes coming. I saw things changing in my business and I did not want to have a downturn in my P&Ls. That's another point. You don't want to sell your business if you have a track a track record or history of of your EBITDA or PLs or net profit that it that is always increasing over a five year period, and then you have one year with a dip, that will people will ding you on that when you're buying when they're buying your business. So you just really need to know your financials and don't let a downward trend happen and sell when you're going on an upward trend, and you don't want to always have to you know hit it exactly. You don't need to hit the jackpot. You don't need to sell at the peak. It's okay. And so I've had businesses where I've sold them at the peak. I've sold them before the peak and I've sold them just after the peak, but I'm okay with it all. And once you make that decision, you just got to do it and move on. But so here's how I think about it. And I learned this from my friend, Roland Frazier. Um, he talks about like, if you start buying businesses, building businesses, and at some point you will be selling a business every year, maybe two businesses a year. And so if you have, if you're selling a business every year that you started four years ago, five years ago, and you're selling that business at a four X multiple of what you're earning, you are making four times the amount of cash flow that year. So if you sell five businesses in in five years, you're making 20 years worth of income in that time period. So I really like what Roland says with that and is how you can start to increase your cash flow by selling businesses. And the thing that I've discovered the most, well, taxes are no fun, but when you have a large cash inflow into your bank account, you can just do that much more and build a lot more businesses with that. And so I love selling businesses. So Fire Nation, there's a lot of things to be thinking about, of course, and to be preparing. But the first and foremost thing is be thinking about the sale day one. I mean, even if you never end up selling, be thinking about it because you want to be as prepared as possible. And I do love that one point that you made, Eric, about employees may be that perfect buyer. I mean, they know the business inside and out, Fire Nation. They know the success of it, and they might be ready for that next step. And then, of course, when you're preparing, you have to have your finger on the pulse of the market. You have to know where the market is right now. And don't just always try to sell at the highest of high points. You know, you just want to get a good return on that, whatever that means to you. So Eric, we've talked a ton about all the things that we were supposed to cover today, which of course was how to buy, grow, and sell a franchise. What's one thing that you really want to make sure Fire Nation gets from our chat today? 
think bigger. In in my life, I put myself around people that have helped me excel. I haven't been able to the, the success that I've had wasn't just because I did it with grit and my own abilities. I've had help along the way. Sometimes that's been the franchisor. Sometimes that have been that's been other people around me. Sometimes I've paid for that access to people. So I know that relationships can excel you as a person and you as a business person much faster than you just grinding it out yourself. And with that, be the person that gives. Always be the giver. Don't go into relationships like that always wanting to take, always wanting to suck, but see what you can do and be generous with your time to give back. Awesome. Well, let us know what's currently going on in your world right now. Give us any call to action you may have for us and then we'll say goodbye. Yeah, I've been on the franchise or side. I'm starting a, a service-based, home services-based franchise. I'm doing um, a mastermind with my friend Bedros Kulin where we are helping franchisors grow and scale their franchises because Bedros is uh, in franchising. He's in a lot of leadership areas. And so we are helping franchisors grow. And what I'm doing is I'm starting to do a lot of Facebook groups where I can just give a lot of value. So my website, franchisesecrets.com, that's where I um, have access. You can have access to my Facebook groups, whether you're a franchisee, a franchisor, a franchise consultant, or a franchise future buyer. Um, there's Facebook groups that you can join. And I just try to give a ton of value in all of those. Fire Nation, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And you've been hanging out with EVH and JLD today. So keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. Type Eric, E-R-I-K in the search bar. His show notes page will pop up with everything that we've been talking about today. Best show notes in the biz, links to everything. And of course, head over to Franchise Secrets dot com for all the greatness that Eric has going on in his world today and all the value for you, someone that's looking to learn more about all of this industry. So Eric, thank you for sharing your truth, your value with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you. Hey, Fire Nation. Today's value bomb content was brought to you by Eric. And if you're ready to rock your own podcast, well, you should be checking out my completely free podcasting course. Well, I'm going to teach you how to create and launch your podcast for free. Check it out at freepodcastcourse.com and I'll catch you there, Fire Nation, or I'll catch you on the flip side. Looking for a place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart? That place is ZipRecruiter. And right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ziprecruiter.com slash fire. That's ziprecruiter.com slash fire. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Ready to build your first sales funnel without having to hire an entire tech team to help? With ClickFunnels, you can. Visit eofire.com slash click to start your free 14-day trial today. That's eofire.com slash click.